0: Welcome to the Nobile podcast, Ape Reality. I'm Tom Barbelay and today a series of updates. I know it's been a long time since I last recorded a podcast, and I've been to Australia and back, and a wide variety of other things have happened, so I probably should give this discussion in some kind of chronological order to give some indication of what has gone on, and why there haven't been so many Ape Realities, and also why I haven't returned with any... Australian audio or video footage? Well, really, the time that I spent in Australia, and I I went there with my wife, we were there for 16 days on the ground, 18 days out of the US. I caught up with two people that I wanted to catch up with that were relatively important in the early Noble Ape development, Alex Brooks and Darren Bolton, and really it was just a luxury to spend time with both these people. I hadn't seen either of them in roughly 10 years, in Darren's case, probably more like 11 or 12 years, and... When I mentioned to both of them the possibility of recording audio, in the case of Darren, it just really wasn't that applicable. And in the case of Alex, I didn't even raise with him because we were just talking about a wide variety of other things. So with regards to the whole Noble Eight narrative project, I think the time in Australia was very useful in terms of catching up with people, but probably not so good in terms of actually recording audio. Ironically, I mean, talking to both of them, I get a sense that they, as I had predicted, their kind of views have gone on in time, and their memories associated with the early Noble Ape development are probably even hazier than my memories of of their interactions with the Noble Ape development. So in that regard, no audio was recorded, but it was wonderful catching up with them, and it was genuinely wonderful to go back to Australia and, you know, see these places that had been so important in the early Noble Ape development and also, you know, so important in my life. I was able to gather together a wide variety of records and books, send them ...back here to Las Vegas. In the case of the records, actually, when I first arrived... ...it appeared that all my records had been lost... ...which was actually quite upsetting... ...but having had a, a sleepless night, the records did actually turn up. So all this stuff is coming to Las Vegas currently... ...and one of the things that really captivated me about the books was the wide variety of biology, biochemistry, geology, I mean, all these kind of components led up to the early development of Noble Ape, my reading of these books. Sadly, one of the boxes that was actually lost contained all my Artificial Life books. I suspect also a lot of the early Noble Ape documentation, stuff associated with the Australian Film Commission, these kind of things were all lost, and... It's quite, I mean, all this stuff was in storage over the period of time that I was away and mysteriously somehow the storage place was able to lose these things. But, you know, those aspects of Noble Ape early development have been lost. Having not had access to them for 10 years, really, there's not a lot of difference in my own thinking. But it is somewhat saddening, particularly because I had a wide variety of artificial life books as well. They are uh, now uh, gone and I think probably going to ABE Books or something like that in the future will return some of them to me. Also, as folks who have listened to the early Biota Lives will know, I did actually purchase duplicates of some of these books. The older ones, some of the more esoteric titles are going to be very difficult to get, but obviously all the Dawkins and that kind of stuff is easily accessible, and a lot of that I've already repurchased. Some lost there, but not all too bad. And just maintaining the records is phenomenal, and actually maintaining a wide variety of books that I still was able to send over is very good as well. So the main sadness associated with the Australia trip was three days prior to leaving Australia, I was informed that the company that I worked for in Las Vegas had closed unexpectedly. The last part of the trip was basically dealing with this shock and kind of bracing myself for job interviews and things along those lines when I got back to the U.S., And really, a lot of that's been going very quickly. I mean, it's a rarity to have a day where I don't have a job interview and some days I actually have two day. So there's been a lot going on since I've gone back with regards to actually finding work. Not a lot of this work seems to be available in Las Vegas and almost prior to returning I basically made up my mind that if we had to get out of Vegas we had to get out of Vegas with regards to the work. The logical areas that you would assume with regards to work in Northern California, Southern California and even Seattle seem to be the front runners with regards to possible locations and certainly going through the job interviews that I've been doing. Probably the Bay Area and Seattle are coming out on top. You can read between the lines what kind of companies might be recruiting. However, both Apple and Intel are under a hiring freeze currently, so it's neither of them. Let's just put it that way. So, I mean, this kind of period has always been useful for some Noble Ape development, and certainly the Cocoa implementation is not writing itself. And... Looking through this, I've started, well, I have a series of directories of things that I'm working through with regards to either creating an OpenGL interface for all of the graphics or at least some kind of partial OpenGL interface or some way of utilising OpenGL in terms of changing a lot of the graphics components with regards to the display specifically. So, as things are currently in the, what I'm calling the 64-bit carbon, although such a thing doesn't exist, implementation on the Mac, all the colour transition or what have you is done in software, and obviously with OpenGL I can just pass them out the 8-bit values, have OpenGL translate it to you know whatever colour mapping I want, and in that regard, OpenGL would be very useful. Similarly, there is a very stable Cocoa OpenGL implementation, and that's something which I think would make the, the finalisation of the Cocoa implementation a lot faster. Obviously, also, the Carbon 64-bit version is really, really feature-stripped, and it's something that I don't even release to the general public because the feature-stripping is so great. However, with this time off, I've also updated all the software that I use, Xcode, these kind of things. So, I mean, the time is right for a cochlear implementation. My hope is through the downtime perhaps over this weekend, although I have programmer exams to complete as well, I'll have at least some kind of prototype associated with the Cochrane implementation. In parallel to this as well, uh, I've been writing. And if you follow the podcast leading up to my trip to Australia, you'll find my current employment status quite ironic because really it was something that I was almost predicting. I mean, I think the nature of the economy in the US currently is that uh, it's just not a job market. You know, with this downtime, doing... Not only no ape development, but also writing seems to be a relative no-brainer. Ironically, today I received some correspondence associated with my Divine Action and Natural Selection chapter, in terms of expanding a particular section of that chapter, in terms of the dealing with chaos component. And I think that would make an interesting chapter in and of itself. But also, Divine Action and Natural Selection has been really well received, and it's something that I find quite fascinating, because I've already gotten quite a bit of feedback associated with my chapter in, in the book. And part of that, I think, is to do with the cost of the book. Unfortunately, I also heard over this period of time that Nature Inspired Informatics is being published at the extraordinary price of 315 US dollars per book. They are only publishing a hardcover book, and it is in a US letter format, which is a relatively large format for this kind of book. It certainly almost eliminates it for a textbook as well, which I think is my greatest frustration. Because having spent so much time working over this text associated with the Noble Ape Cognitive Simulation explaining it in particular detail, its kind of historical legacy, it really frustrates me that it's in such an overpriced book. It's something which I had hoped would be in a similar kind of price range, even around $100. But $315 for about 400 pages just seems to be overly expensive. There is a 40% off discount for student textbooks, but as far as I'm concerned, 40% off even even that doesn't cut it. I mean, maybe in euros or in pounds it's cheaper, but it still really irks me that, um, you know, this text that I've been working on is put into a book that's so overpriced. So I also wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of surviving chaos as being, you know, the next chapter that I'll be working on. In part, really, what I probably will end up doing is actually switching it over because obviously the smart poor is touching very close to home currently, and I'd much rather be in a position of employment to work on that chapter, just because psychologically I don't think it's particularly beneficial to actually work on stuff like that when you're in a current financial precarious position. However, surviving chaos is certainly something that I can reflect upon and write on with regards to simulation, and I think the ideas in terms of what does simulation teach you about surviving chaos, this is this whole idea of kind of applied simulation metaphysics almost. As a simulator, you gain insights which you can then utilise in the real world, and how do these things kind of hinge together. And here as well, I want to give a particular shout-out to Gerald de Jong, because I think what he's doing currently with Darwin at home continues to be inspirational. I mean, when I think about things like the Biota podcast and what I've tried to do through things like Hate Reality... I look at someone like Gerald, for example, as someone who's really just gotten the whole idea. And whilst I feel, in some sense, sand by not being able to do frequent biota lives, and that's another point I forgot to mention, I'm not doing frequent biota lives over the period of unemployment. It just doesn't seem practical. And in fact, really, I don't want to capture this period in any kind of temporal fashion. I just want it to be a period where it could be easily glossed over in the future with lots of happy future bio live recordings. But certainly in thinking about slowing down the bio recording schedule, I think about people like Gerald in particular, who've really taken the momentum uh, that I wanted to put in the movement initially, also through obviously Gerald's own contribution back into the momentum and are utilising it in their own development, both with regards to recording podcasts and also kind of giving a constant pulse associated with their projects. And certainly this is something that I want to continue to do with Noble 8 through things like these podcasts. Certainly, I mean, adds off to Gerald with regards to what he's doing currently, and I think probably you'll see more activity from the Artificial Life community over the next few months, maybe to do with this whole speculative downturn in work component, but also I think fundamentally what we're trying to do here is individualistic, but also there is an underlying kind of team community, communication component, which comes through all these things through the podcasts, these kind of things. Writing on Surviving Chaos in the near future, uh, working on an OpenGL COCO implementation of Noble 8. These are the things that are keeping me busy currently, aside from programming exams and interviews, and probably interviews on location. I've done one already, but there are probably more coming up. My hope and my general feeling is that basically the situation will be resolved before, you know, before anything terrible happens. And just the the sheer number of interviews that I've done and the sheer progression uh, and the fact that none of them have knocked back, they're all... Ongoing, uh, just things in the US seem to require multiple interviews and multiple programmer exams and all this kind of stuff. I'm relatively hopeful. I think I'll have work in the near future, and and we're back to uh, regular non-existent ape reality podcast recording schedule, and similarly uh, frequent biot lives, and hopefully plenty of noble ape development to come. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast. It's been a long time since my last one. I'm really sorry no audio recorded in Australia, but like I was saying, just a wonderful privilege to to be able to spend time with Darren Bolton and Alex Brooks and a wide variety of other people, to see my family, spend time with my brothers in particular. And email correspondence, tom at nobleape.com. Always like hearing from listeners to Ape Reality. Thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. Look forward to you tuning into the next podcast.